DJ PK. PK's got the day off. And Kyle Gunther, who never takes a day off. Kyle Gunther joins us now on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any handset, get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Are you already up attacking life, Kyle? Well, I am because I'm feeling fat, dumb, happy, and entitled this morning. So, uh, yeah, it's a school day. DJ, got to get it done. Got to make those lunches, man. (laughs) There you go. So what would you think if your coach had said that? Because it wasn't your coach. It was Washington State's coach who dropped the fat, dumb, and entitled. Uh, What would you think if you were a player on that team? I don't think that I'd ever forgive him for that. Now, Mike Leach is a unique coach. He's one in a million, and I, I would assume that that is just par for the course. And as, as a player, all you want is consistency from your coach. So if he flies off the handle one day, you're going to remember that. If he's a guy that preaches, you know, maybe he's preaching being uh, you know, holier than thou and doing things the right way, and then all of a sudden he gets busted acting a fool or you see a different side of him, that's what you don't respect as a player. Uh, Whittingham would never say that. You know, I'm not even sure Urban Meyer would say that. It's, uh, Mike Leach has done this before. Remember, it, it was probably four or five years ago, Washington State's O-line gave up a bunch of sacks at Rice-Eccles, and Mike Leach called his team soft back then, too. Calling a football player soft or calling a team weak overall mentally, it's basically the biggest insult you can give and on top of that, you're the head coach. You control the off-season program. You control the mood. So if the team is feeling soft, in your opinion, that's on you. The players don't get paid, at least not until a couple of years from now in the state of California. So as a player, I would feel disrespected. I would feel betrayed. But Washington State didn't play very well. It was a cold game, and, and Mike Leach's assessment may be true. That does happen with teams that have been down for many years in Washington State. They've had a bit of an uprun recently, but all of a sudden you get mentioned in a couple of articles. There's People are talking about you on the radio. You see your highlights on TV, and you think your armpits don't stink anymore. And you go in there and you get whooped by a really tough team in Utah. I would say in his defense that Washington State in their first two conference games was outscored 50-14 to in one game and was outscored 24 to nothing in what should have been the bounce-back game to end that contest. So Mike may figure, what have I got to lose? These guys have had a handed to him. Film doesn't lie. He's going to see a bunch of stuff on film. So I guess to kind of swing it around to the perspective here, uh, is Mike right about his team so this win doesn't mean that much to the Utes? Or did the final 24 points of the game go into the Utes say something about the Utes fan, and Utah fans ought to be excited about it? Washington State's not going to win the North, but here's what it says, that the Utes can cover this air raid attack, that they can adjust and adapt. USC and Washington State have very similar game plans offensively, but I thought Utah's defensive backs played a much better brand of football, uh, albeit maybe not against top-flight wide receivers like they have at USC, but Utah really cleaned some issues up that they showed against USC offensively and defensively. But specifically defensively, Utah showed they can get pressure and they can still cover on the back end. So I think that was a feather in the cap for Utah's defense. But that was a cold, rainy, late game, and it's difficult for both teams to show up and play in that environment. But 
Utah's defensive backs, I thought, stepped up and made a couple of great plays. Jalen Johnson should have had a pick. Uh, you know, Francis Bernard flies around like a blind dog at a meat house, and I love when he, you know, is making tackles in the open field. He's a hard hitter. I think Devin Lloyd has really taken that next step as a linebacker. First couple of games, he struggled. He gave up the first touchdown, but he was in great coverage. It was, you know, the running back coming out of the backfield, just trying to run over the middle. Devin Lloyd was right there. He really should have given up a four-yard pass. Obviously, in the red zone, that led to a touchdown. But I thought Devin Lloyd was great in coverage, and he's very new to this process. So I thought if you're a Utah fan, you know, maybe don't hang your hat on Washington State's you know, overall quality. But I felt like Utah answered a lot of the questions that arose after the USC loss. Kyle Gunther joined us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone, the former Ute. And you got a bye week right now. As a player, did you like them or did you hate them? Did you miss the games or did you need a week to get healthy? I I needed to get healthy. And uh, you know what I I missed during the season is being able to watch college football. So I always remembered that every bye week, just sitting around on a Saturday and getting lost watching uh, LSU game or, or, you know, some other – we used to watch Mountain West teams back then when you could find them. Uh, nowadays, I'm sure guys are checking out other Pac-12 games and other matchups coming up. But uh, the bye week, I really feel bad for the fans. DJ, I had not been to a tailgate. I'd maybe been to one, like right after I got done playing 10 years ago. They took us up to the tailgate this week against Washington State because they were inducting the 4 Fiesta Bowl team into the Hall of Fame. And the Crimson Club did such a great job. They treated us well. We, we got you know a bunch of incredible opportunities. But that tailgate is nuts. We couldn't walk five feet without people offering us food and beer. And it was a full-blown party, and it was raining. And everybody told us that was a, a poorly attended tailgate because it was raining. And I had a little bit of trepidation because I had not sat in the stands and watched the game in the rain. But I got me one of those ponchos, and it was beautiful. You don't notice the rain. It's not that bad. You fans were tough. They showed up. That is an amazing experience. Seeing friends and family, hanging out for hours at the tailgate. We got there three or four hours early, and we were the last ones there. So I feel bad mostly for the Utah fans because how do you uh, adjust? You have this insane party almost every week at Rice-Eccles, and then now there's no game. You can't go party with your friends. I feel bad for the fans. So, if you were the Utes, would you play Moss against Oregon State, or would you figure, give him an extra week off, also make sure he doesn't get dinged up anymore with an unfortunate hit or landing wrong or having someone land on him like we saw earlier this year, and just figure, we're going to beat Oregon State without him. We need this guy for the bigger games later on. Oregon State's biggest strength by far is their ability to run the ball. They've done a good job of that this year. Uh, I checked this morning, and Utah is number three in the country in rush yards allowed. I'm not sure what their overall uh, rush defensive rating is, uh, but rush yards allowed, the Utes are third in the country. No one is running the ball on the Utes. Oregon State will not run the ball on the Utes. And I really like Devontae Henry-Cole at running back. Devin Brumfield as well, I think, has shown a lot of power, so – if I'm making that decision, if I'm Andy Ludwig or Kyle Whittingham, I'm sitting Zach Moss out for another week. The Utes will not lose to Oregon State. Now, Arizona State, Cal, they're some of the weirder teams to figure out the Pac-12. 
the Utes have four really weird games coming up, and, and it's always tough when you got to go to Corvallis. But to answer your question, I would sit Zach Moss another week. Now, here's what the Utes do need to do. They need to put Bam Oleseni in a tackle. The Juco player, he finally got eligible. He had an offer to Notre Dame, Ohio State, Auburn. The Utes need him at right tackle. They've been struggling at right tackle. They have a bye week now. They need to make that change, put him in against Oregon State, and see if that can help out along the offensive line. But Arizona State and Cal have really high-caliber athletes at really unique positions. And I like Arizona State's offensive line as well. So I do think the matchups coming up are more important. And so Utah just needs to run the ball and play keep away from Oregon State. Uh, Jake Lutton, the, the big, he's like 6'7", their quarterback. I don't see him picking apart Utah's secondary. So I don't think there's a huge impetus to get Zach Moss out there. Now, the Utes never discuss injuries, but I've had shoulder injuries before. You either sprain your AC joint, which I've done, and it's very painful, or you break your collarbone. Or, I mean, I guess you tear your rotator cuff. He didn't do that. If he didn't break his collarbone, then it's an AC joint. So that means he's going to be really sore. It's really painful. If you're a quarterback, you can't really throw. You lose strength in your arm. But Zach Moss gets the snot knocked out of him each and every week. So he's going to come back and he's going to play because he's trying to make money in the NFL. And so he'll do that eventually. But no, you do not need Zach Moss against Oregon State. I, you know, Have you guys talked to Devontae Henry Cole? He is all business. He's yes, sir, no, sir. He loves football. He runs straight ahead. He runs with violence. Uh, if I'm a coach, I'm okay with Devontae Henry Cole. So you talk about Bam Olesini. I kind of figured he was going to sit because Kyle talked about they've got four games for him this year. And, and Kyle didn't hedge on this at all. I mean, he was very open about it right into a microphone for everybody to hear. They've got four games. They've got to figure out how best to deploy him. So I immediately thought Washington because it's the game of the year. ASU and Cal. Right. ASU and Cal because they may not be complete teams, but they got complete defenses. I like those defenses. Now, offensively, they got some problems. They got issues. So that's three games. Now there's one more Colorado, save them for a potential Pac 12 title game. I figured there was no way Bam was playing against Oregon State. Well, you may be right. And I know Kyle Whittingham has been obsessed with trying to keep guys red shirts. I think it's ludicrous. I think that's what costs the youths. Jack Tuttle in the long run, trying to be this diplomatic team. Okay, we're going to save your red shirt. We're going to see we're only going to play you in the final four games. Guys get pissed. Guys transfer. And Bam's not going to transfer. It's been such a, a chaotic scene just to get him here. Maybe you're right, DJ. Maybe the Utes try and save him. Uh, I'm worried they don't beat Arizona State or Cal with their current offensive line situation. It's not been good enough at tackle. Uh, and, and maybe I'm making too much out of Bam. You know, maybe he's not this superhero who can come in, but they need better production at right tackle. I would put him in because I hate this idea of saving somebody for what? You're going to lose eight draft picks this offseason. Utah is not going to win the Pac-12 in 2020. They're going to win the Pac-12 this year if they commit and sell out. They need Tyler Huntley upright. He's getting hit too often and trying to spin out of plays. Man, that throw he made on fourth down against Washington State, he, he dumped it off to uh, a running back. and it, it is the least percentage play you can make. It's dangerous. Huntley's getting swung around. He's trying to create too much at times. They need better protection, and that's why I think they need to make the change at tackle. But you're right. Kyle Whittingham is always thinking about the future, and yes, that is the safe move. But why are you trying to redshirt guys? How much longer are you trying to coach? 
No, you need to sell out now to win, and I think they should put him in this week, uh, or I should say after the bye week. They should put him in against Oregon State, give him a tune-up game, and let him play. What, are you going to save him for next year? Go recruit another tackle. Or, you know, maybe Moala will be good to go next year. He'll have a little more experience. But, uh, you know, I also remember when Kyle Whittingham said that Garrett Bowles was battling it out for a starting job. When they recruited a guy who had an offer to Alabama, the first time we saw Garrett Bowles up front, he had a 22-inch neck. He has no body fat. And you realize, oh, Kyle Whittingham, is, uh, he's playing some games here. He's trying to keep guys motivated. So if Whittingham does hold Bam out, I would say I disagree with that. There are other Pac-12 games, only four of them, and uh, USC has a bye, and Arizona State has a bye. So it's not the juiciest weekend in the Pac-12 South, but... Arizona and Colorado are both 3-1. and one. They're both 1-0 and oh in the Pac-12, so the records are the same as Utah and Washington State. Now, we don't have expectations for these teams, but, you know, a few years ago, Colorado had finished sixth the prior year, and they were picked to finish sixth, and yet they won the division. Cinderella season. It all came together. Do you think it could come together for either Arizona or Colorado? Do you care who gets to 2-0 and oh in this game? Well, I, I think Arizona State and USC are the class of the South right now. I watched Arizona and UCLA last week in in a really weird game. Uh, UCLA couldn't pass the ball. Arizona was running a lot of zone coverage. And then on the other end, UCLA's trying to play man coverage, and they're getting burned left and right. They refuse to adjust. I don't think either team is coached very well. I don't think either team is tough, Arizona or UCLA. Now, Colorado's got a tough coach, man. Colorado's got... The, the makings, if you will, under Mel Tucker of, of being a team that can find LaVishka Chenault, although he's been banged up at times. Mel Tucker's the right guy for Colorado. I'm not sure Sumlin is the right guy at Arizona. I know Chip Kelly is the wrong guy at UCLA. They're a terrible football team at times. Uh, I, I think you've got wild inconsistency with UCLA and Arizona. What UCLA did against Washington State is inexplicable. They got some special team scores. Dorian Thompson-Robinson beat up on a secondary that, well, you saw Tyler Huntley last week. have. I think that was the best game of Tyler Huntley's Utah career against Washington State. And Washington State was guessing wrong. Uh, the 50-some-odd-yard touchdown pass to Samson Nakua, I want to say that was the second score. Samson Nakua ran a post route. And Washington State safety decided to to adjust and, and work on, I want to say it was like Damari Simpkins or uh, maybe it was Solomon Enos, but they were just running an out route. So we talked a couple of weeks ago about when Utah ran that streak route against Idaho State. I believe it was to Brian Thompson. They showed the rest of football that we have this go route. We will press the seams. We will run vertically. And then the Utes weren't able to do it enough against USC, and Washington State apparently didn't believe them because Washington State is still adjusting to the out routes and the underneath routes, and Samson Nakua ran right past them. Tyler Huntley found gaps in the zone and hit Brian Thompson a couple of times. So I think Washington State is just they're struggling in the secondary there. So I don't want to make too much of what UCLA did there. I don't think UCLA and Arizona are contenders. I think Arizona State and Cal are the biggest enigmas in the Pac-12 overall, but the Utes are still the best team in the South. No, I don't see any team challenging them. LaVishka Chenault's going to be a top-10 draft pick. He's going to be a first-round pick for sure, but Colorado's going to go as he goes, and he's been banged up already this year. 
As always, we appreciate it, Kyle. Thanks for joining us on a bye week, and we will talk to you again on Friday before the Oregon State game. All right, say hi to PK. DJ, have a good morning. See you.